Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Your faith is incredible. You are truly, 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 you are, you are an inspiration to me. And I say that from my heart. Praise God. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, turn your attention this morning to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to read one verse. Well, yesterday was winter, today's summer, tomorrow will be winter again. Welcome to springtime in the Tri-Cities. Amen. All right, Jeremiah 22, 29, and if uh, Brother Grant, if you would turn those track lights down, please. All right, here's what it says. It says, oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Trying to get somebody's attention, don't you think? Trying to get somebody's attention. Amen. And I would like to speak to you this morning on this thought, simply Mayday. Amen. You may be seated. And I might as well take this light off now. You can sense by the intensity of one's tone of voice as to their emotional state of mind. Amen? Like when you repeat the same statement over more than once, you're trying to convey to somebody the importance of what you are saying. Listen up. Kind of like moms and dads. Don't make me tell you that again. You've been there, right? And the kids, well, pretty soon it comes around again. But May the 1st, today's May Day. Really, you know, growing up didn't mean anything to me, really. May 1 referred to May Day, and it carries different meaning depending on what country you live in, what culture you live in. Some countries, May 1st, is celebrated with parades, flowers. Even in the old times, and even some countries today, they'll put a little flower basket together, and they'll leave it on your front doorstep. What they, what they do sometimes. Other countries, May 1st, is celebrated as a day recognizing the labor force, past and present, good and bad. And you'll have to check into that. You'll understand what I'm saying. You can simply say Happy May Day to someone with a smile, wishing them well. But if you hear this same word repeated three times, May Day, May Day, May Day, 
It is not somebody wishing you a happy day. It's someone whose life is in danger and they're calling for help. It was established in the 1920s as an international call for help. Initially, it was meant for the use of aviators and mariners, Seattle especially. But all emergency agencies recognize it as someone who is in a life-threatening situation, we're going down. The Hebrew language does not have a progressive way of expressing the intensity of a single word. So instead, they repeat the word for the same effect. An example from the Bible would be the, the phrase, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God. Our English would sound something like this. Holy, holier. Holiest. The meaning of the Hebrew numbers two and three are also important. The number two in Hebrew comes from the word shana, meaning to impose upon something, sharpening or honing something. And because the act of sharpening requires a repetitive act of sharpening, it came to mean repeat or do repeatedly, as in a repetitive sharpening of one's mind. Kind of like mom yelling, don't make me say that again. The number three in Hebrew is a connecting number, or the number of truth. Time is divided into three portions, past, present, and future. The position of time that is most expressive is now, present, which is the connecting point between the past and the future, right now. Three minutes ago was your past. Five seconds from now is your future. Present. Is the only thing that you got. According to the Jewish law, once something is done three times, it is considered a permanent thing. The first word that we want to call your attention to this morning is a repeated word twice. The cry against it is repeated two times. I want to call your attention to 1 Kings 13, 1 and 2. I believe if there was ever a time in the history of the church, these couple of things that I'm going to be bringing to you this morning are absolutely, they are absolutely vital. They are vital to where we have been where we are now and where we are going in the future. 1 Kings 13, 1 and 2. Scripture says, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. 
Jeroboam the king was standing by the altar to burn incense. And he, the prophet, the man of God, he came to Jeroboam and he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord, it says, and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord. He went on to say, he said, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And he gave a sign that same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes upon it shall be poured out. Jeroboam's hand dried up as he reached out to put a stop to that man's voice and the altar was rent in two and the ashes were poured out. Whoa. This story came about because after the death of King Solomon, there was a split. Ten tribes chose Jeroboam Jeroboam as king, two tribes remained with Rehoboam as king. And fearing that the people of the ten tribes would continue to attend worship services in Jerusalem, Jeroboam established an alternate and more convenient religious experience. Rather than making the long trip to Jerusalem three times a year, Jeroboam built two new worship centers, one in Dan and one in Bethel, each having its own temple. He also established a new non-God-appointed Levitical priesthood. Are you with me so far? Listen carefully. However, nothing, listen carefully, nothing gets past the altar. Nothing gets past the altar. The altar was the most prominent and the largest piece of the tabernacle furnishings. Once the altar was consecrated by the shedding of blood, whatever came in contact with the altar became holy. Stay with me. The fire on the altar was originally started by God with instructions to the priesthood. Never let the fire go out. The bottom line is the altar symbolizes the blood atonement for the remission of sins. It is the place of sacrifice. It is the place of repentance. Repentance. It is the place where we die out to the world. That O that comes before when the prophet exclaims, O altar, altar. That O coming before that word altar, which you and me, we could really care less about it, but in the Hebrew, it expresses the emotion 
or the grief that God was feeling toward that man-made altar that had no God-ordained fire, that had nothing but a religion of convenience. So God sent the prophet, and he says, all I want you to do is just speak to the altar. Maydad. Maydad. I wonder, is God calling our attention to our altars this morning? Is it a place of genuine sacrifice? Is it a place of blood, sweat, and tears? Or is it simply a place of convenience? I think we could say it is our altars. Brother Clemson spoke this morning. I believe it's the place of our altars that connect us with our past, serve as our foundation for a secure future. How many of my prayers were answered just me driving down the road and not asking God for anything? Or how many times in my life was I against the wall and I came to an altar and the first thing that I had to do was put my life on that altar and say, God, I know not my will but your will, but if you would be merciful to me, here's what I need from you. Mayday. Mayday. Maybe only for me this morning. I told somebody there's there's no other day I can preach this morning. Oh, altar, the the Lord said, Oh, altar, do you not understand what the significance of that all? It is the place of atonement. It is the place of sacrifice. It is the place that I ordained by starting a Fire. Jeroboam, you think that you're going to create a new one? Altars are never going to be convenient. You do understand that. It is either a place of sacrifice or it is nothing at all. But listen carefully. Nothing gets past the altar. You cannot enter into the holy place. You cannot go into that place and think that you're going to eat of the divine showbread or you're going to be illuminated by that candelabra that's sitting there. You cannot get anywhere unless you pass that altar first. You think, we think, church, that we are going to get into the holiest of holies. You cannot get there. 
the altar stands before you and it requires that you do something there. Mayday. Let's go to Jeremiah 22, 29 that we read. Whoa, here's the mayday. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Hear the word of the Lord. See, at the beginning of this chapter, Jeremiah is told to go directly to the king of Judah with this message. To the king. 22 and 1, thus saith the word of the Lord. Go down to the house of the king of Judah. Speak there this word. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. He said, do this, O king, and everything will be fine. Go against this word, and this place will become a ruin. You want to know why there's so many ruined lives in the world today? Verse number 30, let the record show. Listen carefully after he says, O earth, O earth, O earth. He's talking to every living human being. He says, let the record show that this man, the king, it goes through a set of kings. I don't have time, but you read that chapter. It says, let the record show that this man, Jehoiakim, was childless. He says he is a failure and none of his children will succeed him on the throne of David. Can I just back up a little bit? Without this precious word of God, you will never become a success in life. You will be a failure no matter how much money you got in the bank. No matter how good looking you may think you are, you will be a failure without the Word of God in your life. You want to know how to be successful? You eat this thing up. Says he's a failure. This is, oh, this is not a, no ordinary warning. They had been warned in chapter 6 and 19. They had been warned. Jeremiah spoke these words. He says, Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts. Oh, Noah, what was it like in your day? Every, every what? Every thought was evil. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened to my words nor to my law, but have rejected it. 
They should have learned a lesson. Now, I understand that possibly they didn't get the, you know, this in writing, but listen carefully to the Word of God spoken to Israel's first king, Saul, in 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. And Samuel said to Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Listen carefully. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Hold on. Here's what it said. And Samuel said, Saul, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Nobody wants to be a failure. You want to be successful? I want you to be successful. You're looking. Brian's talking about how blessed you are. You are looking at a spiritual successful individual. Blessings of God. You won't find anybody that's been blessed by God more than me. Just telling you. You want to be successful? Joshua 1.8. This book of the law. Joshua, he said, God says, Joshua, be courageous. Be strong. Be strong. There's a world out there. You got to be, you got to have courage. You got to be, you got to be strong. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate, meditate these words day and night, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And yes, that is the only place in the entire scripture where that word is used. Are you with me? I remember a few years ago, something got a hold. It is one of my, it is one of my, uh, my go-to, my go-to notes. A few years ago, I received a, a, a birthday message, and this person had listened to a sermon on Joshua 1.8, and they were thinking of me on my birthday. And they said this, they said, Happy birthday, Pastor. Thank you for being my shepherd and for answering the call. Only God knows the impact you have had on so many lives. You are the most successful man I know. The crazy part was, they were really well connected. And they got my attention. I said, well, what are you talking about? I said, because no, there are very few people that really know where you come from and what you have done, how God has blessed your life. Earth, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. 
Psalm 1 is one of my prayer starters. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth at the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly, they are not so, but they are like the chaff that all failure comes to, that is just driven away. Earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 130. Verse 2, for thou hast magnified thy word above all your name. In the beginning was the word, and the word later in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. Listen to me. The Word very expressly declares the glory of God will only be found through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You will not see, you will not understand anything outside of Him. He and He alone is the express image of the invisible God, the Word made flesh. Here, Mayday world, Mayday world, Mayday, Jesus Christ. He is the express image of the invisible God. Let me take you to Ezekiel. Listen, you got to, I believe God is speaking to the altar. He is speaking to your altar and He is trying to get our hearts more engaged in His Word. Those two comb, those two working together in a combination will become one of the most powerful things that you will ever get a hold of. Ezekiel 21, 27, Thus saith the Lord God, Remove the diadem. He's talking to the kings again. He says, remove the diadem. Take off the crown. This shall not be the same. But I'm going to exalt him that is low and able and enable him that... Or I'm going to bring down him that is high and exalt him that is low. Listen carefully. Here we go. I will overturn. Overturn, overturn. Mayday, mayday, mayday. God is saying, you cannot, oh kings, you will never build a kingdom without me. Your kingdoms will diminish. United States of America, you will come down someday. You know why? 
because there is only one king. There is only one kingdom that will ever prevail. It is the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. He is the king of glory. That overturn simply means ruin, ruin, ruin. It says, and it shall be no more. Listen carefully. Until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it him. He's talking about a kingdom that is going to come one day where there will be no other king. Kingdoms of this world will lie in ruin. But I got good news. There's a new king. Isaiah saw. Isaiah 6, verse number 3, I think it is. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high. Listen, it took a vision that had to go above whatever. I don't know what kind of relationship Isaiah had with Uzziah, but it was a good one apparently. But he was blocking his vision. Listen to me this morning. Anything that blocks your vision as to the high and the lofty one of Jesus Christ, it is going to cause you great trouble. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne and he saw him and he was high and he was lifted up and his train filled the temple and above it stood seraphims or angels. Each one had six wings. Two wings covered their face. Two wings covered their feet. And two wings they did fly. And one cried to another and said, Listen, church, it may day, may day, may day. You need to catch a vision of this. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And the doors of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then, then Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Listen carefully. Then flew one of those angels unto me, having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. There's an altar in heaven. It is so hot. It is so hot that the very angels cannot even touch it. angel took a coal, a burning coal with the tongs from off that altar. He says, and he laid it upon my mouth. And once that touched, once that 
fire set upon him. Lo, he said, lo, this has touched your lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. Thy sin is purged. There a smoking hot altar burning in heaven. We're going to talk just a bit about that. But listen, there's one more, one more Mayday call found in Revelation 8 and 13. Listen carefully. Somebody was talking about the woes here the other day, and I got a lesson on the eight woes of the Pharisees, but not today. This one here, this this is the last Mayday call that we hear found Revelation 8 and 13. And uh, John caught up in in the spirit and seeing things that he was trying to describe. But he says this, he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mayday, mayday, mayday. And I beheld and heard an angel flying around in heaven saying with a loud voice, Whoa, whoa, whoa to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts that are about to be sounded by the other three angels. He's not speaking to the church here, but he is speaking to help us to understand so that we can reach a lost world. Because we're going to be caught up. We had bad news. We had good news today. The bad news was somebody passed away. The good news was they made a mistake and he's not dead. Yeah. Crazy. Dead in Christ. Dead in Christ will rise first then we which are alive and remain under the second coming shall will be caught up with them in the air, in the clouds, and there we will join them and be forever with the Lord. We need to understand that there is a woe coming to planet earth to those that are not caught up in the rapture of the church. I hope you can say amen. See, we need to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and we're closing here, but in a couple of minutes, Brian, I'll, I'll ask you to come, but we need to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen carefully. Remember, remember that number three. Remember the repetition, if you will. We need to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times, Jesus tells Peter to watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Mayday church. Mayday church. Mayday church. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Because you don't know. You may think you're very spiritually inclined to know the scriptures. But you do not know the hour that he cometh. Watch and pray, Jesus said. Watch and pray, Peter. Peter, watch and pray. Three times Jesus goes a little further and builds an altar. 
sitting in the garden. He was building an altar. That altar. Listen, I, I'm not trying to be any, you know, get you off track or anything, but I'm absolutely of the belief that altar that he built in Gethsemane spiritually is in heaven today. And there it is that he forever maketh intercession for the church because our altars will fail, but his altar will never fail because of the sacrifice that he put on that altar once and for all. That's the altar that's so hot in heaven that the angels can't touch it. That's the altar he built in Gethsemane. That's the altar where he said, Peter, you watch and you pray, but I'm going a little bit further. Why? Because he had to build an altar that was going to cover Peter's failures. Three times Peter will fall for the Lord that night. Three times Peter will fall. It's not okay, Peter, but I want you to know that I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. See, I have the answer to every failure in your life. Number one, you can't go to heaven without this qualification that you are a failure sinner man. That's the only qualification you need is to admit that I'm a sinner, man. That's all you need to be qualified to come to God and to live one day with Him for eternity. That's the only qualification you need is that, Lord, I'm a sinner, man. That's all you need to qualify because the altar I build in Gethsemane it will cover it, it. That altar that he built in Gethsemane, it is so strong and so perfect that it will cover every sin. That's where, that's where the, the sacrifice was made. That's where victory was gained. When he come out of that place, he's, he said, hey, I'm ready to go now. They didn't have to force him on that cross. He willingly laid his life down. Why? Because he had built an altar. The answer to failure in life is an altar of repentance. I know most of you probably know. You never know what it feels like to have been a failure in life. <laughs> the altar, you, nothing, listen to me carefully, nothing gets past the altar. Nothing. But Jeroboam, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, you know, I'm gonna make it convenient for the people. We don't need all that blood and stuff. Oh, buddy, you don't mess with the altar. You cannot get by the altar. 
you will never enter the presence of God without going first to the altar of repentance. I got the answer to every woe in life. I got the answer to every ruined life. Every The answer is always going to come from the altar of repentance, and it's going to come from the hope that burns within this Word of God that gives you the hope of not only a transformation in this life, but it's going to get you to that place in heaven where you will only see Jesus Christ on that throne of glory. You're not going to see anybody. It's only going to be Him you're going to see. It's only going to be Him. As you stand and they come. You see, that's what, that's what really, that's what inspires me of your walk with God when you show up knowing the trials that you're going through. And when you show up and you say, hey, my faith is stronger than anything else in life. And it is the assurance that there is a red hot altar that burns continually. One will really know where that purging and where that fire from heaven. You're only going to get it in one way. You're, you're, you're going to have to visit the altar. But when that angel touches your lips, when you feel the fire of Pentecost fall on you, that's when you are absolutely positive that when you feel the consuming baptism of the Holy Ghost inside of your heart, that you will feel like Isaiah. Oh my, I feel so good. You know why? Because that purging, purifying fire of God has entered your heart and your soul. Where do we go with this? Romans 12, 1. I, I, he says, I beseech you, I beseech you, I beseech you, church, that you present yourselves unto God a holy. Present yourselves unto God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the spirit of your mind. That's right, but it comes from you can't you can't be feeding that brain things that are gonna contradict and the the word of God, the purifying word of God. You're gonna have to feed it. You got listen. It, it, it is May Day for the church of the living God. It is our May Day for this word. You've got to somehow, you've got to be more engaged with this thing. Let's just offer this to you. Present yourselves unto God 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Let me ask you this. Mothers and fathers, do you want your sons and daughters to be just like you? Do you want them to behave just like you do? Do you want them to, to, to look just like you do in your appearance? Do you want them to speak the same kind of words that you speak? Yeah. You want your sons to grow up to be just like you? Do you want your daughters to grow up to be just like you? Good question, isn't it? Great question. I just think, yeah, mostly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's some, you know, there's some parts of me that say, yeah, you can, you know, you probably better leave that alone. <laughs> but nothing, nothing gets past the altar. Three times. I'm telling you, the Lord built an altar in Gethsemane. I'm telling you, he did. He built an altar. And it covered Peter's three times that he held Jesus in his arms. And in John chapter 21, he comes after he is alive and he meets Peter on the seashore. And he, you know the story. He says, Peter, do you love me? Mayday, do you love me once? Peter, do you love me twice? Peter, do you love me three times? And all three times the answer was the same. If you love me, then feed my sheep. If you love me, if you love me, you're gonna, you're going, if you love me, you are going to take care of the precious young soul that God put into your hands to raise for his glory. If you love me, you are going to love that person no matter what age they are, no matter what color they are, no matter what they look like. You, if you love me, the altar that I built is it, it is covered in love. If you love me, you're going to feed my sheep. You're gonna feed whoever it is that I bring. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna feed each other. You're gonna take care of one another. You're not going to be bad-mouthing everybody and you're, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. You need to build an altar. You need to call Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I've got an altar I've got to build. Feed my sheep. thing that will that will 
cause people to, to get excited and is not, you know, not causing division or, or you know, or, 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 or thinking back. You know what we'll, what we'll do? How about go out and catch fish? How about go out and catch a fish and then you disciple them? Huh? How about that? How about that? And then you disciple them, of course, after Christ, but you know who you're really discipling them after? You're trying to turn them into one of you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. See, I, if I could, if I could, I would turn every young man in this assembly, I would turn you into one of me as far as the preaching and as far as that part of me is concerned. I would turn you into one of me right now. Catch a fish. Gotta catch a fish. And then you clean. You dress it. You take care of it. You nourish it. You develop it. You turn it into one of you. Or not. Mayday. 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 We're going to invite you. We're going to just open the altar this morning. We're going to open it. If you'd like to come and participate in our altar service, we'll encourage you to do so. If you have a special need today, if you haven't need a miracle in your life, we believe that this altar, we believe, we believe in the, the in the sacrifices that have went into this altar. Okay? I'm just saying it. We do. You come here and we will pray with you and we will ask God to do that miracle. And I'm gonna ask the ladies, I'm not doing this to embarrass her, but ladies, I'm gonna ask you if you'd be so kind as to surround our dear sister Leona, if you would, and would you pray that the Lord will continue to give her strength and encouragement this week, would you? Sister Leona, I would call you to the front, but I don't want to embarrass you, but if you'd like to come down here, that's, we'd love for you to do that. We want you to know that we love you and that we're, we are here for you and we are praying for you. Some of you may not know, he, she lost her oldest son last Sunday. You don't, you probably, everybody knows Jackie. She's lost both of her sons in the last four years, three years. So come on, ladies, sisters, come on, surely. Surely you want to come down here and 